Oh, oh there you are. <laughs> there I am. Welcome to Ronomatic Lens. This is happening. Are you recording now? I am. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't worry, I'll get second, I'm going to get in my earphone. This is okay. <laughs> I will get better at this. It'll be smooth someday. But not today. This is where I uh, drew the... Uh, All right, there we go. Sorry, I had to... All right, good morning, uh, everyone. Yeah. If you're looking for a podcast where everything is smooth and perfect and someone has their off all together, just turn this off now. Yeah, this isn't it. Especially not when I'm a guest. <laughs> okay, so I think I just want to say, like, this is one of my most awesome friends. And I oh. said your name once in my last podcast. So if you don't oh, it's all good. Me, I don't okay. care. Okay. <laughs> all right. So this is my friend Tara in Quebec. And Hi. we've had a great adventure. Um, many, actually, I feel. And uh, mm-hmm. instead of me giving your background, I think you should probably do that. So what do you do for a living, first off? Because that kind of plays into it. Yeah, so um, I'm a person of many hats, but my main job is to teach. I'm a teacher, and uh, I've been teaching on and off, mostly on, for the last Mm -hmm. uh, 20 years or so, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm from Vancouver, but landed in Quebec, and I love it here. (laughs) (laughs) I love it there, too. I absolutely love where you are. Um, yeah, beautiful. And you are one of the most logical, practical, and hilarious people I know. I have to say that up front. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> all right. Now it's supposed to sound all sane. Great. <laughs> so, and how old are you now, if you don't mind? I am 40. I'm turning 41 in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so right before, right before, right before your before, birthday. Yeah, right before I'm turning 51. Yeah. Do you want to start by just telling, like, um, what your raw journey has been? Yeah, sure. So, um, when I was trying to think now, I think I was 27, and I was googling bariatric surgery. <laughs> And one of the results that came up in my Google search was this lady who had a website saying, I beat obesity. And uh, so I, of course, I went through and I read that and uh, read through. She ended up uh, having a whole journal about her experience with raw food and how she lost her weight with using uh, a raw food diet. And, of course, me reading this, I was hooked. I'd never heard of anything like this before. I didn't even know that, like, there were, like, lots of people that did it. I thought it was just kind of like this one crazy lady. (laughs) And uh, reading through her journal, I realized that she was part of a little community. And so I looked up, like, that little community, and I read through, like, like, I don't even know, weeks and weeks of blog posts. yeah, just reading about all these people that heal from all this stuff uh, using a raw food diet. And so um, I think, like, I think I was up all night reading. Like, I came home from work. It was I remember it was a Friday. 
And uh, that day at school, so I always had candy in my drawer in the chemistry lab so mm-hmm. that like if students did a perfect lab on their way out, I would give them like this gummy worm or something. And then I grabbed one myself and I popped it in my mouth. And this one kid, this 17-year-old kid, he's just like, Miss, do you eat candy every day? You look so fat. Like he said it just like that. And I'm like, oh, dear, I got to do something about this. So I went home, it was a Friday, went home and I was Googling bariatric surgery and uh, I had, by the way, I was Googling that, but I had never been on a diet since childhood. My mom had me on a diet all the way through childhood, every diet up until I was a teenager and then it was just whatever. Once I was on my own, I never dieted, never tried anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and my weight fluctuated quite a bit. Like when I was in university, I was around 400 pounds and then... Uh, I think when when I started raw food uh, or when I started this raw food group online, I weighed 360. So like I've been like really big my whole adult life and even all my childhood, I've always been kind of big. So then I started that night. So I was up all night reading all these blog posts and and this lady's journal. And then I signed up right away uh, to start. That was Friday. And on Monday morning, I started. So I had no idea what I was doing. Um, And back then, it was just like the the support that this lady provided. It was really just like a group forum kind of thing that you paid like $20 a month to have access to so that uh, you could be with a bunch of other people who were eating raw food. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of, it was amazing to me that like in the first day, the very first day, I dropped seven pounds of water. Like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I thought, wow, that's amazing. I'm going to do this. And uh, within nine months, I had dropped 100 pounds, Mm -hmm. and uh, I decided I was going to hike Machu Picchu. That was going to be my my reward. I think I was like two months in. Two months into my raw food journey, I decided, okay, this is awesome. I'm going (laughs) to, like, start hiking, and I'm going to start doing all these things that I've always wanted to do that I've never been able to do because I've been too heavy, Mm -hmm. or I thought I was too heavy. Now I know that that's just all bull. But... uh, I thought I was too big to do any of that stuff. So I always like limited myself to, you know, staying in the chalet when people went skiing rather than going skiing myself. So mm. anyways, I decided to um, book a trip to Machu Picchu and that was what I was working towards. So I was eating raw food and I was like running up and down stairs and I started hiking. I started biking. Um, I started snowshoeing like crazy and just discovered like this, huge passion for being outdoors that I never even knew that I had inside of me. Mm. And uh, it just raw food was really like the vehicle that got me there. And uh, it totally regulated all my menstrual. uh, I had a lot of menstruation problems and totally regulated Mm. my cycle. Like within like a month, all of a sudden I had a regular period and it was, it was regular all the way through the whole time that I ate raw. Um, and at that point, like, I I don't remember ever going to see a doctor around that point, but, like, I just, I felt the best that I'd ever felt in my life, you know. I, uh, yeah, I felt really great, so. Mm-hmm. And I ate raw food for a long time until I met my husband, and then I, I just kind of ditched that for eating in restaurants while we were dating. Yeah. Um, and then I've. Yeah, I know. That's his life. <laughs> I thought by then, I'm just like, oh, I'm so healthy. It doesn't matter if I start eating pizza. Um, 
so, but I mean, you are, you really, you are what you eat. When you eat junk, you're, you feel like junk. So, yeah. but uh, anyway, so uh, every time that I've had, since then, every time I've had, uh, you know, a major health crisis or, um, you know, I've wanted to lose weight or something, I've always gone back to the raw food diet yeah. and it just, it's amazing. It just works so beautifully. It's so it's funny because so you're the only other raw foodist I know that's like me in that way, where it's like you're, you know what to do if you're, you've got a health issue. You always go yeah. back to it. And, and sometimes I feel like that's abusing the system, but at other times it's like, <laughs> it's better than not knowing about it, you know? So, yeah. But you find, I mean, obviously as we get older, we're turning to it more and more and more and we just, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like I, uh, in the last 10 years, I've had uh, quite a few health issues. Uh, I remember one time um, some blood work came back that I was like Mm -hmm. pre-diabetic. Or no, it came back I was diabetic and my doctor wanted to put me on like some diabetic medication for type 2 diabetes. And I said, give me a month, one month. I'm just asking for one month. And I went on a one month uh, juice and raw food, like juice and smoothie fast. And uh, Mm -hmm. by the end of the month, my all my blood was perfect. No diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a couple of times yeah. I've regulated my thormo- my thyroid hormone, so th- or hormones plural. Um, mm-hmm. So I have Hashimoto's, an autoimmune disease, uh, mm-hmm. as well as I have uh, another disease called homocysteinemia, which means that I don't absorb B vitamins very well. Um, so and actually, in being one of the times where I was raw, and I and I, there was at one point where I really struggle that having energy even being raw and I realize now that that was like the beginning of the homocysteinemia where I wasn't absorbing B vitamins and I wasn't getting it from very many sources at all so and I wasn't taking any supplements at that point either now I supplement and it's uh great no problem yeah but uh, you, feel you still like have to be aware oh yeah sorry do you feel like you can't you just uh, sorry I was just gonna I'll just finish this one little thought yeah, yeah, I said, no, you, you can't. You have to be aware. Like, even though, like, raw food is amazing, but it's not always the immediate 100% solution. It can take a long time to regulate some things, and so you have to make sure that you're still on top of whatever mineral or vitamin needs that you have in the meantime. Yeah, yeah. I feel like thyroid is especially that way. That it's you really have to monitor, and and that takes time. Um, do you feel like it, it brings out your best self? Like, you know, tell me a little bit about that, about that part of the journey, like, um, how you feel like emotionally and spiritually and how you really like every, change with people. I feel like, uh, it just gives me stability in, uh, like, I don't, I don't see a huge difference. I know you do. You see a really big mm-hmm. difference, uh, yeah. from raw to raw to cooked, but, uh, mm-hmm. For me, I don't I don't see a huge difference, but I do know that um, when I'm eating clean, when I'm eating vegan, especially and then especially raw vegan, that you know, big problems they're so much easier to handle. I don't feel um, so emotional. I don't feel so emotional when things arise. Like I'm able to think more clearly, and uh, I'm more level-headed, and uh, it's easier to kind of confront or, or take care of situations that arise when I'm eating well or versus like if I'm 
all over the place and eating junk or even just even eating like gluten and sugar and with with my vegetables and fruit or whatever well then it's going to be harder i'm going to be more emotional i'll have more uh more fatigue therefore more uh like kind of even though like not outbursts but like private outbursts <laughs> but I'll, I'll i'll be a lot more up and down with my feelings and then i'm going to be more prone to eating my emotions as well like if i'm feeling overwhelmed to go to the fridge rather than you know play the piano yeah. So. True. Yeah, it really does. It does help. Um, it also gives clarity for when th- some things are not going well. Like I know, uh, you know, so I've had some relationships that I've ended, and uh, I've had like I've ended them while I've been robbed because I can clearly see, okay, this is this is not healthy. This is not working. Mm-hmm. That's not what's best for me. So, yeah. ciao. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've noticed that with raw, you get, you know, clarity like that about relationships. And then if I water fast, I get super clarity. Like, it's just like, because you can't numb anything. You can't suppress anything. It's just like right that's there it. in your face. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's it. Is that it, it forces you to sit with your emotions, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people out there, you and me, especially that we deal with all of our emotions by eating, you know, some people, everybody's got some sort of coping mechanism, whether it's like watching TV or whether it's like drinking some wine, you know, like everybody's got something. Um, Mm -hmm. But like for us, it's food, right? So when we're not eating the foods that numb us, we're forced to sit with those emotions and deal with them. So, I mean, raw food just gives so much clarity in that time. Yeah. Yeah, everything's more manageable, I feel like. Yeah, I'm raw. What, what are some of the yeah. other things that you've healed in the past? Because like, I feel like there's a lot of them that I forget about for myself, like that I just take for granted that, oh, yeah, I healed that with raw. Like, I mean, you know, bladder infections mm. and yeast infections and, um, you know, uh, skin stuff. Uh, you know, there's lots of little things that I just forget about because I've done it many times. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I'm trying to think. You know, and there's, well, there's so many things that have uh, healed while I've been raw that I, you know, like I haven't necessarily attributed it to raw, but like definitely I'm sure it played a part. Like one big thing was uh, I had uh, some ovarian tumors um, mm-hmm. 10 years or 11 years ago. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, I was on and off raw at that time. And I would say I was more, I was more on than off. And I was going through uh, hormone replacement therapy, and then I had surgery um, to rem- to remove those tumors. Even they were benign tumors, but uh, they were causing the benign tumors were causing like a, a hormone imbalance, and then that hormone imbalance was causing the tumors to grow. So, mm-hmm. like I had to do the hormone replacement therapy and have them removed. And was um, this the procedure you were having before you got pregnant with Rosemary. Exactly. Yeah, oh, I was not supposed okay. to be able to get pregnant during that time. Right. I was supposed to be totally infertile. And mm-hmm. uh, I miraculously got pregnant with my daughter. And the specialist that I was seeing told me like, Oh, madame, you know, don't have any hope this child's going to be born with birth defects, and you should abort. And I decided in that moment uh, that and I found out I was at your place in Iowa. And, and uh, yeah. when I the day I got found out I got pregnant. Um, that was right. That was two weeks after my surgery. I found out I was pregnant, so I got pregnant like right before my surgery, 
and my daughter survived my my the fetus my now nine-year-old daughter survived <laughs> my uh, surgery survived general anesthesia and surgery removing something from my ovaries <laughs> while she was wow. down there growing it's a, like really wow. truly miraculous no one and uh yeah <laughs> just a spitfire she's like determined yep. to live and everyone's got to know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so tell me, but, tell our one listener, I'm sure we have one, I know of for sure, maybe two. <laughs> tell them what you're healing now. So I have thyroid cancer. I have mixed thyroid cancer, mixed uh, papillary and follicular thyroid cancer. And... Uh, yeah, originally they thought it was like stage one and they said, you know, maybe stage two. And now they're saying, well, we won't really know until it's all said and done because I've got some uh, some masses on my liver that are going to be biopsied tomorrow. And uh, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But uh, I have a really good feeling that it's going to be nothing on my liver. And uh, yeah, so I have my basically... Um, I've been having like this really heavy period and now that I've like had some time to reflect, I realized that it started in August, um, that all of a sudden I had, it started like bleeding really heavily when I've never had heavy periods before. Mm -hmm. I've always had like really light, just a few days, whereas now all of a sudden it was like 10 days and like I needed, I, I needed to like getting out of the shower. I had to like jump from the shower, immediately put in a tampon or a pad before like I was covering the floor with blood. So maybe a little TMI for our one listener. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But you know, but, people uh, do this because this kind of stuff isn't out there. I don't think. Yeah. The research that I did and the research that you've done, I didn't see, like, the, the, the honesty and transparency about what it's like to have your period for five, six, seven months you know we've both been yeah. through i i haven't gone through it as much as you have but you know when i had fibroids that you know what that was it was not good no way yeah but uh so like the, so in august august september october it was really like cyclical like a, just like a really heavy period and then november mm -hmm. when my period came it came with a vengeance and never left and so mm -hmm. i was bleeding so heavily that uh, January and February, I was going in for like weekly blood transfusions. I had an iron infusion. Like they were monitoring my um, hemoglobin levels every week. Like it was that. Um, but so like November, I started bleeding really heavily. And at the same time, I noticed like a lump on my neck. And I thought, oh, you know, Hashimoto's, you know, thyroid nodules are super common. It's nothing, nothing to worry about. And, uh, but then like, you know, the bleeding continued and then by Christmas time, the thyroid nodule, it was like feeling, my throat was feeling really tight and I have like these best friends, uh, not far from me. So I was up at their place for Christmas and they insisted that they did, they refused my Christmas present and said my Christmas present to them is going to be to go to the doctor and have this Aww. thing checked out. And so because I was staying at their place for a week and I kept bleeding through all the blankets on the bed oh, and all this man, stuff, it was yeah. nuts. So finally, my daughter was spending um, two nights at her grandmother's house. So I'm just like, okay, hey, fine, I'll go. <laughs> so I, mm -hmm. I went to the walk-in clinic um, on December 29th 
And the the doctor that was at the walk-in clinic, he like immediately panicked and sent me to the hospital for a scan right then and there. So I had a scan. They were planning on keeping me at the hospital overnight and to see the surgeon in the morning. And uh, it was really scary. And so I, I begged them. I'm like, please, 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 can I just go home? I'm not ready. My daughter is like not prepared to spend time elsewhere for like a week. Like I, I need to go home. So they let me go home if I promised to sleep sitting up. Like, let me tell you, I didn't sleep that night, but I did sit up all oh, night. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, prepared everything. I had, like, all the phone numbers given to everybody, all my, you know, all my information to my friends oh. so that they could take care of things if need be. And I was going back to the hospital the next morning thinking I was going to go in for surgery. And uh, went in the next morning, saw the specialist who said, oh, you know, doesn't, you know, it, it's not really uh, touching your trachea. You're fine, technically. She's like, I know it feels tight, but your airway is not obstructed at all. It's okay. And on your scan, it's just like, it's, it's just a nodule. It's very small. You know, we're going to biopsy it. We'll do a, a fine needle aspiration and just see uh, what it's all about. But, you know, like, you know, with uh, Hashimoto's super common, no big deal. And at that point, she told me, oh, and like all your bleeding that you're complaining about is nothing related to your thyroid. That's an ovarian problem. Go home. <laughs> so that was kind of like the end of that. So then I was, uh, I went to see my family doctor about um, the bleeding and, and uh, uh, yeah, it was the bleeding. And then I had, and she also had to regulate my, uh, my sensory levels because um, obviously my thyroid was out of whack. So my sensory Synthroid that I was taking was not uh, the right dose, so like that took some time to find uh, the right balance. And uh, so the first, the first uh, biopsy came back three weeks later, and uh, it was there were both uh, follicular and papillary cancer cells. Mm -hmm. And so my surgeon just wanted, she said, you know, it's very slow growing, and blah blah blah. We're just going to let it grow for three months and see which cancer is going to become predominant because with if it's just papillary cancer, they're able to do a lobectomy where they just remove half the thyroid, which allows the other half to continue functioning normally. Whereas if it's follicular, they have to remove the full thyroid. And uh, so, you know, three months goes by. I have another scan, another uh, biopsy. And so this biopsy, again, comes back that it's mixed, that there are both types of cancer, and um, also that the nodule has grown, and it is now covering three lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. So it, even though it's quote-unquote slow-growing for them, it's, it feels like it's fast-growing for me. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, so like after my first diagnosis, like, even, like right when I had my first uh, biopsy, uh, I talked with you on the phone and I wasn't really sure what to do. Like I know my mom was like super pushing for me to do keto mm -hmm. and, uh, but uh, like I've done keto and I just, I don't feel yeah. well. Like it's, it's true. You can lose weight on keto. And yeah. I believe that it's true. Anytime that you're taking processed foods yes. and sugar out of your diet, your body's going to have a chance to heal itself. Yeah. But just eating all of that, all of that uh, meat I like I just I don't like I feel better than when I eat crap but like it's okay. nothing compared to how well how well. clean you feel when you eat raw. Yep. So like and people who have never done raw like they just can't understand that until they do it. 
And, and they've done no it for like more than three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you by describing it, you have to experience it for yourself. You have to experience it totally. So like people who say, "Well, I've done keto and I feel so good when you when I keto." Well, you know what? Do raw because like it's like yeah. doing keto on steroids because on yeah. keto you still you're still so sluggish and oily and heavy, you know. Like whereas yeah. like on raw you just feel so good, you know, so light yeah. and clean and and healthy and well, uh, like when you finally put the right fuel in the vehicle, you know, like, yeah, this fuel is yeah. better than that fuel. And this fuel is a little better, but this is the rocket and try putting rocket fuel in there, you know, like, it's just yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, yeah. So at the beginning, um, I was kind of confused what to do. And then, and then, uh, you know, you reminded me of all these times that I've, you know, healed so many things. Mm-hmm with doing raw foods so that I'm like, oh yeah, oh duh, of course I'm gonna go back and do raw foods. So Aww. um so I started right then and yeah. I think I did I think I was like a hundred percent raw for a few weeks. Because a hundred percent raw is really hard to do, especially when you're cooking for other people. Yeah. And like I have my daughter and um so then I was doing like vegan with a lot of raw. Uh, mm-hmm. but probably closer to like fifty fifty. And, uh, like, I have an Instapot, and, but my energy just kept going down and down and down, which is really yeah. typical of thyroid cancer, right. uh, to have, like, no energy. And uh, it's also, you know, it does affect your, your hormones and it affects your menstruation. And then, yeah. like, it got to a point where I was, like, bleeding so much that there was, like, nothing I could do but, like, sit on the toilet or sit yeah. in the bathtub and, like, just, like, bleed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so, gotta be so tired. Depressing. Yeah, it was. It was depressing. Yeah. Oh. So then, da 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 da, you came. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was pushy. Because I was like, hey, yeah. I think you're in trouble. <laughs> I think you need yeah. help. Can I come? Yeah, because during the pandemic, I have such a hard time totally. asking for help. Yeah, I do too. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to ask for help, but you like made me. <laughs> you forced me. <laughs> and uh, I real I like I knew I needed help, but I like was dreading for you to come oh, because like, I yeah. I didn't want you to come and then like for me not to be able to be a good hostess, you know, and and oh, not be able gosh. to like take care of you as my guest. And you came, and I basically sat on the couch. That it was, was perfect, though. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, so we started uh we did like a high fat yeah. raw food um for the first uh, two like two weeks that you were here. And yeah. after eight days, eight days raw, my bleeding mm-hmm. stopped. Like eight days one hundred percent raw. I'm so glad uh, you're telling yeah. the story again because some of these things it's like when I even think back on it now, it's only June and that was March, I think, did that really happen? Yeah. Really yeah. And uh yeah, so eight days raw. Well, my bleeding didn't uh, my bleeding didn't stop. It went down to like a dribble. <laughs> yeah. But it was versus that, like full on period. hemorrhaging. Right. For what, six months, seven months? Well, like nonstop, November, December, January, February, March. Right. So like five months. Okay. Five months nonstop, but like bleeding so heavily that like I needed other people's blood to help me out. <laughs> Wow, and in eight days. It was, it was eight days. Like, 
Mostly, yeah. Yeah. So eight days, it went down to uh, went down to just like spotting, daily spotting, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, and it has it has basically stayed that way. So I've had anytime I do something like anything uh, more strenuous. Like right. <laughs> I randomly decided to help my friends remove a toilet and take it to right. the eco center, and then I had like a big. Because you've been weed. feeling really good. You've been feeling really That's right. like, yeah. oh, I had my energy back, and you're an energizer bunny. Like your regular self yeah. is like go go go. And That's right. Yeah. After taking the yeah. for so long, I totally understand wanting to be like, all right, she's back. Let's do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just like, oh, you need help? Well, I got time. I can help you out. No problem. I can pick up this toilet. And... Which, by the way, once the toilet was, like, emptied outside, it wasn't too bad. But, like, when it was full, it was, like, it was pretty heavy. Oh, yeah, and then I had to carry it across a big, big parking lot field to put it in the right bin. No problem. I can do that. Oh, yeah, by the way, in January, don't forget, I also fell. I fell uh-huh. on the ice while I was shoveling my car out, and I hit my knee on the hitch of my car oh, and uh, totally buggered up my knee. Yeah. So um, that well, was you were going to physical device. therapy also while I was there. Yeah, physio, and uh, now I've been seeing the osteopath. Now my knee is great. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I used My cane was maybe three oh, weeks good. ago. Now I only my- use it to... I use it when I when I want to pretend that my knee hurts so I can get into the early morning Costco shopping because they only let they only let like handicapped and elderly people in um, for COVID oh reasons at 8 a.m. and the store doesn't open till nine so I go I bring my cane at 8 a.m. to be able to do like quiet shopping at Costco uh, well, so but iPad. that's like. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Anything to get into that early shopping. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> bring the cane. Bring the cane. So, oh but gosh. I don't need it anymore. Yeah, it's great. And even, like, I can I can go for, well, I can't go for super long walks because, you know, I have this pesky uh, thyroid cancer that is now blocking my, uh, it's, it's starting, yeah. it's pushing into my trachea. So, yeah. like, I can't sleep anymore because it's uh any I can't lie down other than like flat on my face so I've got like the CPAP machine on my face and then I'm sleeping on the mask on my bed so I wake up with these super deep lines on my face (laughs) (laughs) it's really pretty (laughs) it's basically yeah so I'm not sleeping super great right now with uh but I'm having surgery on Friday to have it removed finally so Right, right. Okay, so let's back up a little bit to your blood work. You had your blood work done after that first two-week stay. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. when I originally my, uh, I think it was uh, my T4 level was 11 point, uh, was 11.4 or something. And uh, after, yeah, I think it was two weeks later or maybe a month later. I can't remember. But it, it was brought down to two, which is a totally normal thyroid level. So, um, yes, my thyroid hormone, like the, the synthroid that I was taking was also adjusted. So that also helped. But like that alone could not have made such a significant difference in just that short amount of time. It was totally diet related. Right. So now the second yeah, visit, absolutely. So I, I came back to Chicago for like three weeks mm-hmm. and my niece came and stayed with me and I totally went off raw and you totally stayed on it. And yeah. 
So then what happened? Because I'd like to hear this from your point of view. <laughs> um, yeah, so like the first time, yeah, we said, we said the first time that you were coming to Quebec, it was really to help me. And uh, like I went from like it, it being a struggle to get out of bed and to go sit on the couch. Like that was a struggle. It was a struggle to get dressed. It was a struggle to take a shower. Like I just wanted to sleep my life away. But like because I had my daughter, I had to, you know, be somewhat functioning. Um, and by that time, like I went off of work in March. I had worked from December to March, and then on on our spring break here, I I was off. Uh, I was put off work, and I'm still off work now. But um, I, yeah, thank God. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I went from having like no energy, and then. Um, I continued, well, I mostly continued, like I started eating like sweet potatoes and like some, some vegan, not raw food, but like mostly raw still, which in fact is what I'm doing now as well as I'm like, I would say now I'm, you know, there are, there are a lot of days where I'm hundred percent raw, but then there are some days where maybe I'm 50% calorie wise. Like it just depends on what's going on. And like, if I go to my friend's place. Yeah. Yeah, so I go to my friend's place and they make me something, some vegan meal, and I I don't mind having that. So uh, it's really just turning the dial on your healing. Like you and I have experimented so much that it's oh yeah. When you add in some sweet potatoes or whatever, you're just turning the dial down a little bit on your healing. Yeah. And when you start to you know up the fruit and you know get all clean again with and eat mostly raw, then you turn the dial way up on your healing. Happens faster. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have, uh, I don't know if it's ovarian pain, but like I have pain where I imagine my ovarian, my ovary is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm not quite sure what the pain is. It might be that fibroid. So I do have one fibroid, but it's outside of my uterus. So that should not be what's causing the bleeding. And I also, I had a scan that says that my uterus is a little bit too thick. Um, which actually is likely the result of having an estrogen-only hormone replacement therapy 10 years ago. So that's like a, it's a really common, um, it's really common for that to happen after that hormone replacement therapy, which they don't really use in Canada anymore anyways because of this. Mm -hmm. So I'm just waiting to see the specialist now to kind of figure out what we're going to do about that. But it's usually treated fairly easily with medication and who knows maybe by the time I actually get into the specialist it'll all be gone anyway but um anyway so my uh I have like this pain um where I think my ovary is and my right ovary and um anytime like I'm doing super green smoothies and only eating like green smoothies and fruit and very low fat like that pain, it gets like un- unbelievable. And like we've discussed it, we agree that it's probably healing pain, but it's, yeah. you know, with the thyroid stuff going on, it's a little too much for me to handle right now. So I just right. dial it back and have myself some sweet potato, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and the pain, the pain just totally goes away. But for sure, you know, the bleeding is totally linked to what I eat as well. Like it's linked mm-hmm. to how much, how much I do, like how, how, how much strenuous exercise I've had. Um, how mm-hmm. much sleep I've had, and as well mm-hmm. uh, what I eat. Like anytime I'm going to eat any any meat or something, for sure I'm going to have a bleed after that, maybe a day or two. 
yeah, it's uh, totally 100% related to diet as well as sleep and exercise and everything. But uh, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, totally dialing dialing the healing back, uh, like you say. It's amazing that we have so much control over that. Right. When, yeah. uh, I mean, I'll see the doctor and, and uh, for sure they will they will recommend all sorts of different medications. But uh, I know that it's it's um, also controlled by lifestyle. Uh huh. So. Yeah, and then you went to you were still going to physical therapy for your knee that second trip. You found yes. out from your physical therapist where your thyroid cancer originated, right? Well, Can you share yeah, a little so bit about that. Yeah. yeah, so uh, where I live uh, in Quebec, we have a uh, nuclear reactor plant mm-hmm. across the river from us. And uh, apparently um, our region here is has the highest incidence of thyroid cancer in Canada, um, which, of course, they're not they're never going to talk about that publicly and they right. won't talk about it in the news. But I mean, sure enough, when I was looking up statistics online, I mean, the statistics are there. It proves it. And mm-hmm. so my physiotherapist has had the same kind of thyroid cancer that that I have. But she was I think she's in her 40s now. She was in her 20s when she got it. And mm-hmm. um, she said, yeah, she's the one that told, originally told me about it. And everybody that I've spoken to that has the same type of thyroid cancer that I have. And mm-hmm. uh, in our region, there, there are so many people I've met. Like before I had thyroid cancer, I, would have, I, I did not know. I did not know that this existed here. I did not even really think. I, I never really oh. even thought about thyroid cancer as being a thing. And like for me personally, like that nuclear reactor plant, it's it's a source of income for a region. So like as a university student, as an English speaking university student, I went there and I taught English to all of the all of the bosses, all of the executives uh, in the nuclear power plant for, you know, at least a year. Um, wow. at, at like it, we would go, there were three of us that we would go and uh, hold English classes there. So well, I don't know if it's from being physically now? there. Pardon? Are you in touch with the other two that were going with you? No, nope. I'm not. I'm right, not at all. They were the, just the other. Yeah, down. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know my um, physical therapist has never worked there, but mm-hmm. uh, she ha- she had it as well. And yeah. I have another friend also that um, she had it when she was in her early 30s, which I knew her then, but, like, I don't really remember her going through that. Um, yeah. But and uh, for her, it's, it's in the midst of being shut down now, right? Yes, yes. It was actually, it, yeah. it, was, it was shut down, or it was closed, I think, two years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's like a 10-year process to, like, slowly stop everything they can't just like turn it off and say the end they have to like deal with whatever stuff is there so it's a really slow going process yeah yeah so they have like a very minimal staff yeah minimal staff there that uh is shutting it down okay but uh yeah yeah it is uh it is interesting so what was your take uh, on where i was when during the second visit like what were kind of our roles how had things shifted oh yeah so (laughs) yeah first visit you came to help me second visit i was helping you so (laughs) you were i had a raging bladder infection when i arrived for starters oh i forgot about that you even had to stop and pee like three blocks from my house every hour i had yeah three blocks from your house i had to stop and go to the bathroom again 
And within like three days, that was gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I was so tired. I remember being Mm -hmm. very, very tired. And I was finishing school, so super stressed. Yeah, and I think then the first time, like, I just, I I remember you doing all this cooking and stuff, or, like, uncooking, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it, and, like, all this food prep. And I remember watching you thinking, this is not realistic. She's going to go home, and I'm not going to be able to eat this way. I'm just going to, like, okay, smoothies I can do. You just throw stuff in the Vitamix, and off you go. And, like, a salad, that's super easy, you know. Mm -hmm. Really, on a bad day, you can eat a bag salad if you want. But, um Anyway, I just, I remember at the beginning thinking, like, that was not going to be sustainable for me. But uh, mm-hmm. by the time you came on your second visit, I was all into the food prep. And, like, I had pretty, <laughs> I had really good energy from the time I woke up until about 1 p.m. And then I needed a nap. Like, yeah. I, I I just couldn't go anymore. And uh, it's still the same now. Like I wake up, I have great energy. Like I'm translate. I was translating this morning because I wake up, I'm super focused, uh, good energy. And then like around, you know, now I start feeling the decline. <laughs> and then by three o'clock, like my eyes just sting so much. Like I have to sleep. I have to sleep. Mm-hmm. So and I will um, say too, and I maybe I've already said this before, but. I still believe that you hurting your knee on the ice in the winter was such a blessing in disguise because it kept you from, you know, doing the snowshoeing and the heavy duty yeah. walking and all that stuff that you've normally done when you were raw. It kept you yeah. at a reasonable It kept me immobile. <laughs> yeah. It had to happen. It, it forced me to rest. It forced me to rest. Yeah. When uh, I'm not someone who sits down and rests. Yeah. Well, right? here I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm going in for a surgery on Friday, and I I made myself a giant to do list that I've been uh, working yeah. away at all this week, and okay. and uh, I'm getting it done. It, it feels really good, yep. but uh, yeah. yeah, not one to rest. Yeah. And then by the time yeah. I feel like by the time the second visit was winding down, and I was getting ready to come back to Chicago, we both just wanted to eat simpler and cleaner. Yeah. And, you know, low-fat raw, naturally. We yeah. kind of evolved through that second two-week visit. Yeah, going just from, like, lots of dates and cashews to just wanting, like, a green smoothie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Though I yeah, have and to your say, though... Is definitely much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I've always... Uh, yeah, I still do some... Uh, some recipes like that raw pizza with the corn uh tort like the mm-hmm. blended corn tortilla thing. I know you didn't really care for that, but like that's like my go to okay. I'm craving something. That's what I'm gonna uh-huh. eat. Like I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I still yeah. do some recipes. I, I'm not totally simple all the time. But mm-hmm. uh I haven't done any recipes since I came back. <laughs> oh no. No, not one. I just realized that. That's crazy. Uh, and then every now and again, I get like a, sorry, I get a hankering for like cookie. Like we discover, we discovered a lot mm-hmm. of cookie recipes. Yeah. Uh, every now and again, I'll get a hankering for cookies, and like I often end up making like the dough and not dehydrating it, just eating it as is. <laughs> <laughs> and I it satisfies too, that craving. Through, yeah, we both went through some heavy duty emotional stuff on those trips too, because like family yeah. stuff, you know, and. And we found that, you know, if you made a date not tour, like sometimes that got you, well, it did. It got us through stuff like that. 
it sedated it sedates you enough. Like it's enough right. fat and enough right. sugar to kind of yeah. sedate you enough that you don't have to like deal with the emotions that are overwhelming you in that moment. Because right. like that's food is our drug of choice. Right. It's not ideal, but it's better than going off and starting all yeah, over. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is exactly yeah. that's pretty much what I do now. Like if I'm feeling something, I'll have a. Uh, I'll have my sweet potato or right. whatever, you so know. Do you want to, we've talked about this a little bit, but do you want to stay on raw indefinitely or you want to transition onto like another path? Um, I mean, everybody's I, on their own I, path, so. Yeah, I don't see myself uh, being this raw long-term mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, yeah, most days I'm pretty close to 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, there's the odd day that I eat at my friend's house or whatever. Um, but I think long-term, I know long-term I'm going to need to stay mostly vegan because, like, there's just too much going on with my body. And uh, I just, I never want to live through cancer again. Right. Like, I, so after surgery, um, you know, despite being raw, I'm still going to have chemo. And I'm because it's all in my lymph nodes and it's spreading a little faster than they'd like. So chemo, oh, okay. I'm going to have to. So if it's just thyroid cancer, generally they, they do um, radioactive iodine therapy, mm-hmm. which originally I was not going to do. Uh, I was so against that. But now that I see, um, like I have a really high recurrence rate of this type of cancer, it's, I feel like it's important that I do the treatments um, mm-hmm. because I have to think I, I have to be around long enough and I have to be well enough to make sure that my daughter has a healthy life, a healthy and happy right. life. So right. I'm just, I feel like I've come to a place where I'm, I'm going to accept the treatment and, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll, and then once that's done and over with, I'll go back to raw until I, well, not go, not go back to raw, but continue raw until I, feel well, feel like myself. And then I mm-hmm. would like to just sort of transition to something a little bit more normal, like socially acceptable so that like I can have people over for supper and they'd be happy with what they're eating, like a vegan, mm-hmm. vegan with still, you know, keep my green smoothies because like I feel it's amazing. Uh, green smoothies are amazing. They totally regulate your blood sugar you don't feel those highs and lows it totally cuts cravings they're awesome so like i can't see myself giving up green smoothies but like maybe i don't need a whole bucket of green smoothie you know <laughs> like, <laughs> we do we have our bucket we send pictures yeah. to each other every morning like cheers drink my bucket yeah. of smoothies <laughs> that's it so like i've got my my bucket of smoothie next to me right now i've got this me morning too. i've got to mango orange uh grapefruit and kale so that's what i got going on this morning it's actually you know what i've grown to really like it it's 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 freaking delicious (laughs) yeah well mango and kale are really good together tanya's the last to turn me on to that i haven't had one for a while oh yeah a bunch of champagne mangoes ready to go so i needed to make one oh nice nice yeah but i'm drinking Alyssa's. uh um uh Lissa's grape candy smoothie with spinach in it. I just add spinach and make it green. So. Oh, yeah. So oh, I'm kind of, I'm over, over the grape. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's too but there sweet. There must be something in me, though, that loves, like, the 
that needs maybe the grapes too, you know. Without the greens, it's definitely way too sweet for me. Um, yeah. But with the greens, it really works. Yeah, I like it. Well, so the last time I did the... Sorry, I was going to say, last time I did a grape uh, the grape candy smoothie, I added too many greens, and it just tasted oh. like sweet dirt. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over that for a little. I need a break. Yeah. So, How do but you that, navigate uh, as a mom? Um, at first, so at first I had, um, so, like, I have a freezer full of meat. <laughs> because um (laughs) yep even though even though like pre all of this I was like like not a huge meat eater where I live like people don't understand what's in food they don't understand what is good food like what is healthy food like if I go to a friend's house and I ask for a healthy meal they might give me macaroni butter and uh, macaroni with butter on it that's like the main course and then like that is that is like healthy and then they might give me like a piece of chicken beside that and then for like a vegetable like there might be some cut up tomatoes right it's or mm-hmm. you know some frozen peas and corn there you go that's a nice balanced meal for a typical quebecer so um yeah 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 so like you can't buy good good uh, quality food and like for me knowing knowing about like the hormones in meat and how it affects our bodies. Like I made the decision a few years ago that I was going to buy meat once a year from somebody who raises them right, you know, where they're, they're pasture, um, like pasture fed, pasture finished and, uh, totally organic grown, uh, you know, done the right way. So, you know, if I bought a quarter cow like a year ago, and obviously, like, there's just two of us. There's still a lot of meat. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Anyways, so I have been giving meat from my freezer to a very good friend of mine, and she has she's been cooking for my daughter. And so every month she makes, like, she makes four or five dishes, and uh, I package it all up into into single servings. And throw it in the freezer so that my daughter can just go and like choose one for supper. And then she eats like I usually have like a salad at supper time or whatever I'm going to have. She'll have some of what I'm having with that. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what it was at the beginning. And now, um, so <laughs> the last time you were here, the freezer is still full of those same meals. Like she hasn't cooked for me since then or hasn't cooked for my daughter mm-hmm. since then because my daughter is now eating what I'm eating. So it took, yeah, it took, it was, it was like a really slow transition, um, where she was eating like, you know, lasagna and spaghetti and shepherd's pie, whatever. She was eating these things at the beginning with like the salad, like, which my daughter, I have to say, because I've been doing raw on and off her entire life, she's always been around a lot of fresh food, always her whole life. So Uh she's not, she has no problem eating fruit and vegetables and nuts like she's she's good with that you know like mm-hmm. she's cool with like I'm hungry I want a snack look in the fridge oh and she'll take out you know a package of strawberries or a cucumber and just like bite into it you know mm-hmm. um she's pretty good with that but because she's grown up with it so I haven't had it's not like she's going from the McDonald's diet 
to or like right. fully packaged foods to like suddenly having someone eating raw at home. Like she's always yeah. she's always been exposed to a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables. So that was that's and very she's helpful. very aware of her friends that do eat like subsist on McDonald's. Well, because really yeah, because well, because of like even her family. I mean, God bless her father's family; they're wonderful people. But like, they are McDonald's people, and um, so all of her life, she's heard me talk about that and say, "Okay, well, once in a while, when you're with them, that's fine. But like, don't ask for it from me. It's not going to happen because so my daughter's all, she's she's ADHD, and uh, we're like." We, we've worked really hard to cut out preservatives, food coloring, and sh- added sugar. And um, so she's very aware. I mean, and I, I've done that. I did that diet with her. We saw the naturopath together. We discussed, you know, what is she going to eat when, mm-hmm. like, when she's on her, like, we called it the school, her school diet, her focus diet is what we called it. Um, so on school days, she ate that way. And then sometimes when she visited her grandma or whatever on a, on a weekend, she knew that she could have like ice cream or a treat or something. But like at home with Uh me, she wasn't allowed that. And it was, she knew she understood and she felt the difference that it made in her, in her ability to focus. And like, because like we discussed it and we had like a diet start date when she was in grade two, um, we, like literally it went from having so much homework that she would come home and we would work through the tears every evening. And then we would have piles of homework to do on the weekend just to keep her up to date. And she was still failing everything, you know, and I, I really thought she had a learning difficulty, but you know, she doesn't, but she just has ADHD. I just didn't know it at the time. But uh, anyway, so we decided to change her diet and she noticed the difference. Uh, of like having hours of homework to having 15 minutes of homework. And it was amazing. It was really amazing to see the difference. I mean, and now since then, I've decided to to put her on medication. And again, the difference has been really good. It was like um, the diet was very good. Now the medication is even better. But like that was a, that was a decision we had to make, you know, for Rosemary in our lives what was best for her, but like I totally support families that just want to do diet. Oh, and we supplemented also with um, omega-3 and B6. Um, So she had to learn how to swallow a pill. Oh my goodness, that was traumatic. But like, she's good now. (laughs) Yeah. And keeping in mind, like you're an educator, you're a teacher, so you've seen this. Oh yeah. In other kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the only, the reason why I knew about the diet and the supplements was because I remember one of my very first years of teaching, I had this kid that was, okay, so I know we call kids ADHD all the time that are not ADHD, like just there are some wiggly kids that some mm-hmm. teachers just don't have patience for, you know, and so they want to tell their parents that those kids, those kids are ADHD when they are not, they're just high energy. Mm-hmm. But there was one child that I remember having in one of my first years of teaching, and like I don't think, he was in grade three or grade four at the time, and I don't think that he understood the use of a chair like I don't think he understood how to use it because like he was unable to sit down he was totally incapable of staying in one place and uh, like so much so that like nobody could focus because he was like dancing all over his desk and it was not just him being a little brat he just it was bigger than him and he couldn't control it and uh, his parents were completely against 
completely against medica- medication. And at that time, I was a brand new teacher. I didn't know anything about anything. So mm-hmm. I just said, well, maybe you should talk to your family doctor because, like, he's there's no way this kid is going to get through school if he can't sit down to write to to write anything. You know, like he'd ha- he would stand up and uh, he would have his butt wiggling behind him and leaning on his desk trying to trying to do his work. And so finally, I remember I had him in the back of the class. He had like an exercise ball that he sat on and he just like rolled all over the place. And occasionally we would find his desk and write something down, you know. Mm-hmm. But his parents put him on these mega doses of omega-3 and they had him on a special diet, I remember. And like, so at the end of the year, it, it wasn't perfect. It, like, it actually reminds me a lot of my daughter. It wasn't perfect, um, mm-hmm. but it was significantly better. So, uh, like, at the end of the year, he was doing, he was passing at least, and he was able to participate in group conversations, and he was having less conflict with other kids on the playground. You know, it was much better. So, like, that little piece of knowledge in my brain brought me to bring my own daughter to the naturopath who gave us this diet to try Um, when I was, like, suspicious of maybe ADHD. Um, so we decided to try the diet even before she had not been tested. We had not talked to our family doctor. It was just, we're just going to try this to see if this helps you. Um, and it was amazing. So she's very aware about what is healthy food and what is not healthy food. And, uh, she knows what, she knows what food allows her to focus. She knows what food makes her feel good. Um, she knows what food that she eats that where she's going to have fights with all the other kids because she that's what happens when she's uh eating junk food is she has conflicts with everybody but yeah. um how empowering so, yeah. at 9 years old to have that lens wow yeah yeah so now yeah when she's home, like she's with my parents right now cuz I'm having surgery uh, on Friday so she's she's spending a month with my family in Vancouver and uh so she's eating ice cream for breakfast and uh you know whatever she's not with me i don't i'm not the one dealing with that but i realize she's going to come home in a, in in a puddle of tears but like yeah <laughs> it's they're dealing with it right now so that's on them they know what they know how they know they know what to feed her and what not to and they're choosing not to so they want to like you know spoil her i'm like that's fine you can spoil her but you're also with her at the end of the day you can't send her home so yeah. I'm cool with that. She's so smart, though. Like, you, I will be shocked if she doesn't come home even having had, like, basically lived at the carnival for, you know, a month yeah. or whatever. She'll want to eat some healthy food now. Don't you think oh, she'll yeah. come home, like, same as Absolutely. after eating all the high fat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, the carnival's totally. fun, but you don't want to live there. <laughs> No, no. And actually, last week we had a little chat. Um, So she's still taking her ADHD medication, um, Mm -hmm. specifically on days where she's with her cousins, because like I know it's so easy for her to have conflict when she's Mm -hmm. either not on the diet or not medicated, right? When she's just left her own devices and be eating crap, right? She's going to fight with all the kids. (laughs) So um, anyway, so she, she had had ice cream for breakfast. And she did not take her medication. And wow. they were planning on going seeing my brother's autistic son. And I talked to my mom. I said, maybe plan to do that another day. 
<laughs> but Rosemary and I, we had a conversation, and uh, she's like, "You see, I'm not even, I'm not even hyper. I, I, I'm good." Like, <laughs> just like, okay, Rosemary, I totally see that you're just fine. You know? And she's bouncing all over the place, and I'm like calling her, "Rosemary, Rosemary, listen to me, Rosemary, come back." And she's just like, you see, I'm fine. I'm fine when I eat ice cream for breakfast. I can have ice cream for breakfast. And I said, Rosemary, it's not about being hyper. It's about growing to be healthy. She's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) She just had a little moment just like, okay, maybe I shouldn't eat ice cream for breakfast. But uh, But she's a big why. Do you have other big whys? Why you do... I mean, obviously you've mentioned, you know, you feel much better on raw. Um, mm-hmm. But are you? Are there other whys that we haven't really discussed besides rosemary and your health? Um, you know, I don't want to have life pass me by. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live my life from the couch. You know, I... I want to be outdoors. I want to be in my garden. And like, even in, though I'm in a little apartment, like I've, my, I've got this ever growing flower garden on my balcony. Yes. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, I love being out there and tinkering with the mm-hmm. flowers and I love being in nature. I love, I love hiking. I love swimming. Um, I lo- I love, I have such a sense of adventure and mm-hmm. even though, like, I'm not well, I can't help it. I just keep looking, oh, maybe, you know, Rosemary gets back that day. Well, maybe, like, August 15th, we can uh, we can go for a drive. We'll go to Prince Art Island. We'll camp on the beach for a week. You know, we can go fishing. Mm-hmm. We can rent a boat. We can, like, I have all these thoughts, and I'm like, hey, whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember where you are. You're not well. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I forget. I forget that I'm not well because yeah. I feel well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I have like so many adventures that I want to do that I just, it's not going to happen if I'm not eating well, because yeah. what's going to happen when you don't eat well, when you're eating, uh, you know, when you're eating junk food, not just junk food, but when you're eating processed food or like cooked mm-hmm. food is that you just get this heaviness and it's not just like in your digestive system, it becomes like a heaviness in your soul. And yeah. I I don't want that. I want to. I want to be light, and I want to be able to live these adventures with or without my daughter. I realize my daughter is like I've got eight years with her left, and then she's going to be out yeah. on her own doing her own thing. And I just, with or without her, I want to be able to live the adventures that are calling to me, mm-hmm. uh, and not spend my life on the couch. So yeah. that's it. That's yeah. why. That's okay. why I choose to eat this way. Has cancer taught you anything? I know maybe that's a cliche nowadays. Um, yeah, to take more time and live in the moment. Totally. Mm, I like that. Enjoy, enjoy the simple things. Enjoy sitting on the balcony and listening to the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, and enjoy my time with Rosemary. Yeah, it's really like a stop and smell the roses, which again, totally cliche. But uh, it's true, you know. I. Yeah. I'm always busy, like I, I'm i a teacher, I'm a translator. Right now, those are my two main jobs. But I mm-hmm. often also work as an interpreter. 
and uh, I'm always actively involved in my church, and um, you know, I've, or and or helping other people. I do a lot of volunteer yeah. work. Uh, I'm always on the go, and I very rarely take time to just like stop, breathe, enjoy, and especially the breathing thing, like. You know, the last couple of weeks, my breathing has gotten more difficult, especially if I'm like right now, I'm 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 like kind of hunched over on my chair leaning forward because like if I lean back, I it chokes me, the the, the growth yeah. chokes me. Yeah. So like just to stop, enjoy the moment and take a deep breath, you know, it's yeah. uh, it it has no monetary value that can replace that sense of peace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Excellent. that's it. Do you have any advice for people that are just starting out with raw or maybe are on the fence thinking about it? Um, just do it. Keep it simple. Don't do, don't do recipes. Don't try it. <laughs> just get yourself a salad. You know, um, I know you and I have gone back and forth about this so many times, but like mm-hmm. if you, if you can't, if you don't like to eat vegetables, get yourself a really good salad dressing that you you know, like a traditional <laughs> food salad dressing that will get you on track to uh eating to eating better. You know, take all the steps that you can to to go in the right direction. Like I, I realize now that uh, like I've always always been a hundred percent person. You either do it a hundred percent or you do it like zero percent, right? Right, right. And uh but I realize now, like, it's not about being 100% raw. It's not about doing everything perfectly. It's not about optimizing healing or optimizing health. It's about taking steps towards the future, towards the life, towards the health that you want. So, I mean, if that step means that you're not 100% raw at first, I, that is fine, you know? If you're not raw at all or if you don't eat like if you don't like vegetables or if you don't like fruit, you know what? Take a step to eating eating fruit, um, making a smoothie with like a ton of dates or something to make it nice and sweet so that you don't like, mm-hmm. it's just like something really sweet and you don't necessarily feel like you're eating a lot of fruit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just uh, take it slow. It's, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. But uh, just start, just start. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, be consistent with it, you know. Or oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. The best advice that I learned from that lady with her the the blog and like the support group thing. Yeah. The very best advice is plan ahead. Plan ahead. That's a big one. You know. Yeah. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. That is something that yeah. she always told me, and it's so true. <laughs> Like if you want to, if you're wanting to eat raw, if you're wanting to, um, you know, incorporate more salads or whatever, well, let's say you're at home and you don't have any produce in your fridge, but you have spaghetti in your cupboard. Well, (laughs) you're not going to go out to the grocery store and get yourself like some nice produce and then start chopping it up and making it all to what you want uh, for that evening and then eat supper at 9 p.m. That's not going to happen. You know, you're going to, when you're tired, you're going to reach for whatever's in your cupboard. So, you know, do your planning, do your shopping ahead of time, you know, shop frequently. What I found too, because we, that was always the plan with social 
events too, which can be a slippery slope. I yeah. I think of her a lot. You know, we we had our differences with her, but I think of her a lot because um, I have shown up to so many things this the last couple of months with a bag of clementines, like a total weirdo, mm-hmm. only to have people around me be like, "Oh my god, I love these!" Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. The date nut tort. Everybody loves the date nut tort. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Blueberries on top. Fantastic. Lisa Lisa Cohen's date nut tort. Look it up. It's online. And uh, if you put frozen blueberries on top of that, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Or you can put strawberries in. It tastes like PB&J. Yeah. I've had that go over much better at um, a dinner party than the cooked um, desserts that people brought. Yeah. It was the favorite. Totally. It's so bizarre. But it is mm-hmm. pretty rich, so <laughs> a little dab will do you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, fruit What's your salad. Favorite food right now? Oh, fruit salad. Fruit salad. Fruit salad all the way. And I used to, so for, a, I mean, for a long time, actually all these years that I've been doing raw, raw on and off, um, anytime I've made a fruit salad, it's always been this really long, labor-intensive process. And since I've had cancer and, like, my energy has been less than any other time I've done raw, um, I've started using frozen fruit. And I've never done mm-hmm. – I've never used frozen anything before. Now I do frozen mm-hmm. fruit. Occasionally I do frozen vegetables. Like, I know that they're blanched, so I try to use fresh than frozen, but right. more than frozen. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least frozen fruits I, I, I use. And so, like, I have, uh, you know, my big Costco bags of, like, pineapple and strawberries. And uh, so I've got pineapple, strawberries, raspberries, cherries. Uh, mango I always have those five on hand and then sometimes I'll cut up a fresh melon and and I'll and I'll juice an orange or juice a lemon and add that but like I just add the frozen fruit into a bowl and like let it thaw and that's what I'm going to have for supper today Um, take the frozen fruit in the bowl and then uh, add a little bit of the fresh fruit and it's just it's really good it's so good it's so hot here like it's but our weather's been crazy this year it's like it's either unbearably hot or it's freezing and you need a coat. <laughs> so there's no middle ground. So today is an unbearably hot day. And uh, that's what I'm having for supper. And it's just so refreshing and you feel so good. And it's easy to digest and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's hardly any work because I'm just unsawing, I'm just unsawing fruit in a big bowl. Yeah. Who are, um, do you have any people that you would recommend following on, say, YouTube or podcasts or anybody like that that's just really inspiring to you as far as raw foodists go? Um, I honestly don't pay attention to very much. <laughs> it's so funny, it's I, ironic, because you turned me on to... Melissa Romande, who is now Melissa Maris and Raw Food Romance, and because she was from Canada. Canada. And you yeah. don't remember that. <laughs> no. She's my go-to. Like, I feel like I've followed everybody at one time or another, uh, but she is my, yeah, she's my rock. Those recipes, you know, those recipe books were what we relied yes. on so heavily for those mm-hmm. of visits. Oh, I, and I still do. <laughs> yeah, my uh, so like my tropical smoothie mix that I make, it's her smoothie mm-hmm. that I just add. Yeah. I just add uh, greens to it, but like it's mm-hmm. like the coconut, it's the coconut, orange, lemon, and pineapple. 
Oh, it's so good. It tastes like pina colada. It tastes like Cuba in a cup. It's so good. Yeah. Um, I think that is my, um, one of my big things is uh, for people, advice for people would be to find your own path with it too because, yeah. like, Lissa, she's like, she doesn't like greens in her, I've done a little bit of a few coaching calls with her, her obviously being the coach. <laughs> and uh, she doesn't really like greens. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just want to clarify that in case anyone thinks I'm like insane. Um, she doesn't like greens in her fruit smoothies, but I do. But she eats, she eats a lot of greens, and it's yeah. like to me that's like, look, you know, nobody's wrong. You know, like no. everybody's finding their own way with it. Yeah, and that's totally cool. I will say eighty ten ten works really really well for me, better than anything. It does. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm about eighty ten ten. That's yeah. uh, for, that's that's kind of like my sweet spot where I do the best. Um, mm-hmm. but um, and I have to say though, like so she eats she eats a lot, like she eats a ton yeah. of food. Yeah. Um, which as when you're eating raw, you really do have to eat a lot of food, like yeah. you have to because you just can't get your calories in, and then you're gonna be hungry, and then you're gonna get hangry, and then you're yeah. just gonna eat whatever whatever's kicking around. Right. That was also but, uh, during our two week stint was that you would notice like when I wasn't eating enough. Yeah. You would notice it before I noticed it, you know. Mhm. Yeah. And it's if it's, that's it's my biggest challenge is not eating enough. But, but she says that's like ninety eight percent of people who, you know, don't do well on raws that they're not eating enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well um, it is. Yeah. So like any time you're transitioning into raw, you have to eat a lot. You have to, yeah. because if not, you're going to go crazy. Um, yeah. It's already bad enough. Like if you're trying to wean yourself off of junk food, like you're going to have a headache, you're going to have digestive issues. You're going to be super tired. Right. But uh, then you get to like day, the third day or so, and then you feel mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but when you're starting the first, few weeks the first three months you do you have to eat a lot of food whereas I mean as you as you move on I don't think you need as much to keep yourself like satisfied and interested um and I feel so like for me now I really I don't eat that much um or not as much as I was eating so I have like my bucket of smoothie which like for an average person is probably three servings of smoothie really truly right yeah um so I don't I don't eat when I wake up in the morning. I uh I so I have to take some medication that I can't um I can't mix with food. Uh so I take that when I wake up and then I usually make a smoothie between 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. So I have like my bucket of smoothie. <laughs> and even though it's a lot of food, uh it's a lot of fruit, uh but still I find around like 3 p.m. I'm hungry again. Mm-hmm. Uh so then I'll have like usually yeah, I'll have a, like a salad at that time because like I feel like when I feel like hungry and I'm getting ravenous, I need like some sort of something more so like fattier and substantial. Yeah. So I'll have yeah. like a big salad and usually like I'll have some some sort of fat on my salad, either like a salad dress, some sort of salad dressing, either oil based or nut based. Um, which I know like in 801010 and what Lisa was saying is that you're going to do better having that at night. But like for me personally, I do better having that at lunch because it keeps me focused and on track so that I'm not craving anything. And then by the time I have supper, I want just something light and small. 
you know, funny. and then I've just I'm been switching into that myself, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what works best for me. If I, night. yeah, because when I have like that, if I'm having the big salad at night, well, then I'm kind of like tired and like wanting mm-hmm. to sit on the couch, and that's not what I want to do. I don't want to be on the couch, right. so right. I want to be yeah, like doing little projects. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to say, while I'm thinking of it, I'm looking at the bottom of my bucket here for my smoothie. It's called it's www.bubbabrand.com, Atlanta, Georgia. So Bubba yeah, it's the, the name the, of the, we got the Bubba Amazon. stuff. Yeah, Sherry got me mine on Amazon. Ours are identical. So when she was here, I had to write my name on mine yeah. so that uh, we weren't. Uh, a full Vitamix of smoothie, which is does. so cool. It does. Really I think it's a liter. I think it's a liter and a half. Okay. I think so. It's more than, or a liter and like maybe one point three liters. Like it's more than it's a liter. A huge it, difference. Yeah, it is, and it's really nice. Also, it keeps things keeps things keeps things cool, but it also keeps things warm. Um, like it's insulated, so that uh, like one day I went to the zoo and I brought like this tomato basil soup oh. in the cup. And it was great. It stayed nice. warm. And when it was like time for lunch, I was I just whipped out my bucket and sipped myself some some soup. I it was loved great. That tomato basil soup. And I gotta say, mm-hmm. like this is a, such a great interview. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for doing this because oh yeah, no what problem. A fun one to start with. Oh my gosh. Um, the tomato basil soup that we love so much. Like I we tinkered with that, you know, like. So mm-hmm. it's just amazing. It's my favorite raw food right now. Yeah. And I don't really have it that often, but it's like for a treat, it's something really super satisfying. And mm-hmm. you are so good at tinkering with recipes. And I just want to encourage people like, you know, tinker, you know, make your own yeah. stuff up. You know, like once you get a feel for it, you're like, okay, you know, I can do this because we've mm-hmm. done it with so many of the recipes. Oh, yeah. So, and you know what yeah, you like, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you like. Like if there's a like, for example, there's a pizza recipe, pizza sauce recipe that uh, requires Italian seasoning. But like I don't really like Italian seasoning. Like I'm really specific Uh on which Italian seasonings that I enjoy. So Uh, like I, you know, I make it my own and and it's uh, it's so yummy. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. Tinker. You're phenomenal with that. Oh, why? Thank you. You are, though. You're really, really good at, at recipes, and, um, yeah, you're great in the kitchen. I actually don't really like to be in the kitchen, but it's funny. I was just saying the other day that when, you know, we would get together for these two weeks since, like, because your head is in the right space, um, I felt so differently about being in the kitchen. So I've never been in the kitchen so much in my life as mm-hmm. when I was at your place, yet it was totally fine. It was great. I enjoyed yeah. it, you know? Oh, yeah. good. Whereas, yeah. like, I love cooking. I love cooking. Mm-hmm. I love feeding people. It's, like, a great joy mm-hmm. and pleasure in my life to feed people and to mm-hmm. see them enjoy what I've made them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love cooking for myself, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's something really enjoyable for me. Um, so, like, I have – I don't mind being in the kitchen for a long period of time prepping food. Um I generally am not in the kitchen for a long period of time, like especially that my daughter is gone right now. Like it's, I am like super simple and uh, not not doing anything major. But like when if I'm planning for people to come over, um, 
or like if I'm bringing people food, like I have no problem being in there for a really long period of time prepping, prepping food. But uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoy um, looking at recipes and there are honestly, there are so many recipes online, so many recipes, but yeah, I just mm-hmm. want to just, yeah. you know, I'll take a little moment. Lissa doesn't pay me any money, but her, like her, her recipe books are awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Especially like her meal plan three book. Yeah. Oh, there's so many good recipes in that book. Like I, I love it. And her sauces um, are really good. Like there's like a book just of sauces and it's, uh, it's really good. Lots of, there's so many yeah. good things. I mean, there's lots of things that I, like I just look at the recipe and I immediately know, nope, that is not in my palate. <laughs> I don't have uh, yeah, to make true. it to know that that's not something I'm going to enjoy. Right, um, right. But Raw uh, that was a game changer for me with Raw. It's mm-hmm. so funny because, like, we've, we've, we've kept each other, like, we've brought each other back to the past time and time again. And you turning yeah. me onto that YouTube channel was a total life changer. She's oh, so incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and it's true. Like, if, I, if I'm uh, looking for motivation, I mean, I've sat down and she's got, she's got so many videos on YouTube. But, like, she's great to watch, you know, on, and... Yep. Uh, yeah, there are, but there are lots of, honestly, so many raw foodists out there. Like, so many yeah. people that are out there that are doing it that are not well known. Like, it seems like when I first right. started my raw food journey in 2007, um, that, like, there were only, like, a couple of big names right. um, mm-hmm. of, raw, like, a couple of raw foodists that were kind of, like, leading the pack, you know? And then yeah. there were lots of people who were, like, trying it and failing. That's sort of what my vision of it was when I started. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now it's I realize, like about that. So, oh so yeah, on uh, Ronnie's uh, Love Fruit podcast for the UK Fruit Festival, it's really okay. interesting how they many of them refer to that time, that wave of raw foodism, mm-hmm. and how like now it's like really a very much more quiet thing. Yeah, but, it's uh, totally low yeah. key. Lots of people are doing it. Um, yeah. Even like you know, I'm shocked to find out that there's like a whole bunch of people here locally that are raw foodists or, you know, like, but raw foodists, um, you know, you have to get out of your judgmental space and saying, well, you're not a hundred percent raw, right? Like you have to stop thinking when asking like, what percentage of raw are you? Because like this group here, they don't talk about percentages of raw. They just talk about, you know, the health and vitality that comes with eating raw and everybody's on their (laughs) own journey. They're doing their own, Aww. you know, We they don't talk to each other about their percentages of being raw. They just do their own thing and they like share some recipes, share some encouraging stories. Nice. And, uh, and yeah, and now like our little local grocery store here has has like this whole shelf of like raw food products. Yay. Um, yeah, yay. <laughs> but like I was shocked when I saw that and I realized like there's there, is a, there are enough people out there to support the grocery store bringing in these products. That's you know, sign, so yeah. yeah, it's very, it's quiet, but it's, it's happening. And so you go on YouTube and if you just like do a search on YouTube for like raw, raw food, whatever, you're going to come up. There's all sorts of like random people mm-hmm. who are just sharing their journey or like sharing some little tidbit about their raw lifestyle or about some recipe or whatever. There's so much out there um, mm-hmm. to encourage you to, to help guide you. There's, yeah, there's a yeah. lot out there now. 
And even if you don't ever join any raw group, look at what having a raw buddy has done for us. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. It's just important. <laughs> That's huge life changing. It is. Feel there is yeah. a raw buddy. You're my mm-hmm. only raw buddy. Am I? Oh, thanks. Um, I just have to say it is important, though, that, like, if you're in a group or if you have a buddy, it still is. It's your own journey. You know, everybody has their own struggles. Everybody has their own strengths and their own weaknesses. And the whole idea is that, you know, is support with love and no judgment. Because as soon as you're in there judging, then it's going to affect your own journey. And uh, you can't have, like, you just, you just need to be there. You know, if you have a raw buddy, love and support, and that's it. And then, you know, at the same end, in French, there's an expression called lâcher prise, which is like Mm. to, like, let go any other feeling. Mm. And uh, you just have to, like, lâcher prise. You have to let go and, and, uh, and do your own thing while loving and supporting your group or your friend or whatever. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, you know, we got to do a follow-up on this because our our one listener is going to want to know how your story yeah. went. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's plan on that. But I, I know that things are going to go well on Friday. And um, I, I just, you're just headed in such a good direction. You and Rosemary both yeah. are just doing beautifully. I really feel it. Thank you. Agreed. Awesome. Yeah. It shall be well. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks so much for your time and, and for just helping me get this out there. Like now, one more person knows that they can yeah, heal themselves. That's it. <laughs> Thank you to our listener. Thank you to our listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will talk to you soon. And uh, just thanks for giving me an awesome first interview. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. My pleasure. I wish you luck. I wish you. I wish you uh, happiness on your on your nomadic journey, and that mm-hmm. uh, you are filled with what you are seeking. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. I just uh, couldn't ask for a better podcast. So um, thank you, listener. And (laughs) we will will meet again soon. All right. All right. Bye.